Hey everybody, welcome back to the Hiker Podcast. It's me, your host, Owen Hamilton. Now, before I get into who's on the show this week, or how many thousands of trails that hiker has, I do want to touch on what's happening in Europe. I want to talk about the attack on the Ukraine. Russia, the military of Russia, have invaded, I'm sure you know this, I'm sure you know that Russia have invaded and are attacking the Ukrainian people. Thousands of people have either been injured, uh, over a million people have been displaced by the war, and thousands of uh, over a thousand people have been killed by Russian forces. Now, I know this has nothing to do with hiking. This has nothing to do with the outdoors. But this is, has to do with humans. And, and, and we are all humans. We are all experiencing this world together. I just want to speak out and, and, and speak in solidarity for the people of Ukraine. And for the people of Russia that don't want this war. And for everybody around the world that don't want this war. I had a look at their stats and we, we actually have a listener in the Ukraine. We have, a, we have five listeners in Russia. So I'm speaking out in solidarity for you, our listeners that are, 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 are experiencing this right now. Um, and for everybody else in the Ukraine and in, your, in, in Russia that do not want this to happen. So I really hope that this ends soon. I hope that we can return to diplomacy, that the killing stops and that we can all get back to enjoying this wonderful and amazing planet that we all share together. So, I am joined on the show this week by none other than Shalita Curtis. Shalita Curtis, otherwise known as Dragon Sky. I first came across Shalita on Instagram, on social media. I followed her journey on the Appalachian Trail in 2021, and I was hooked. She's very entertaining, a very, very entertaining person. She's a through hiker, she's a writer. Um, and I subsequently found out then that she had a, a article published by the Trek and by the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. And it was a very emotional read. I urge you all to, to seek it out. It's on the Appalachian Trail website. It's on her link tree, which is in, uh, on her Instagram page. Just search Dragon Sky and I'm sure you'll find it. Um, urge you all to take a moment to read that. It's a very emotional read and... Anyone who loves the outdoors and believes that the outdoors is for for everybody, I'm sure you'll experience similar emotions to what I had. Speaking to Shalita was a joy, though. She has a very unique and magnetic energy. Um, She was a great guest, and I I really hope you enjoy this interview. Um, As I said, she has through-hiked the AT, and she's an aspiring uh, uh, triple crowder. 
Her next journey is on the CDT, which I think she's taking off on pretty soon. I know she's been doing a bunch of hiking, uh, which I assume are little training hikes for the CDT. So she's taking off on that pretty soon, and I wish her all the all the luck in that. I've actually included a link to her GoFundMe uh, in the show notes, uh, where she's raising money to to help her to get to get out there. Um, she is a fantastic advocate for people of color in the outdoors, women of color in the outdoors. Um, and for uh, the LGBTQ plus community in the outdoors as well. So uh, if you can, please go and support her on this uh, this journey, this odyssey, as she calls it. As luck would have it, I actually just finished listening to the interview that Andy Neal did for with Shalita on his podcast, also called The Hiker Podcast, but one less I. Uh, great interview so uh, if you want more Shalita go check it out over there Uh, she also did an an interview for the Tough Girl podcast as well so you can go and check that out too Uh, another fantastic interview Uh, to give you a little bit of an update what's going on in Hiker um, (laughs) as I said at the start we're adding thousands of trails we're roughly at about 7,600 trails give or take and we're going to continue to grow. Uh, we are very close on releasing a new version of the app, which I, I'm really confident everyone is going to love. We've got new functionality. We've got way more trails, um, and and a couple of nice new features as well that I think make it stand out a little bit. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. If you want to join our beta test program, just head over to hiker.app forward slash beta. We're going to be releasing something really soon so you can test it out. And uh, yeah, you'd be one of the first people to try out the new version of the Hiker app. Okay, less of the sales pitch. Let's get into the interview. Hope you enjoy this. My interview with Shalita Dragon Sky Curtis. <laughs> Shalita, uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, and thanks for, so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate like being here and being able to share my stories of the Appalachian Trail, my goals for the future. Awesome, yeah. Like I've been following your your story now for a while through Instagram, and uh, it, it like you know, separate to like, you know, just a general kind of generic kind of outdoors hiker kind of post, you, you really kind of get your personality across really, really well in, in your in your social media. Uh, you seem to have a lot of fun when you're out on the, on the Appalachian Trail. I'm sure all hikers have fun, but like you, you really seem <laughs> to like come into your own on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Um, it, it's a it's a love hate relationship with the blazes honestly it's like you know some days I hate it but even if I do hate it sometimes I'm like you know what I get to do this and this is better than being in a matrix sitting at a desk you know working typical nine to five I'm like every day I just had to get up and I had one goal and that was to walk towards you know Katahdin so that was exhilarating and in its own a challenge every day you know whether uh, especially weather and just having to adapt to different temperatures and whatever nature's throwing at you. Yeah. Awesome. And I, so where did it all start? Like, how did you get the inspiration to do the Appalachian Trail? Had you been hiking beforehand and, you know, just heard about it or walked, it just started walking on the Appalachian Trail one day? 
Um, so the AT, yeah, it started. I didn't hike much before the AT. I think I only went to, I had just went to Arches and Yellowstone uh, last year. That was like my first big like Devil's Garden nine mile hike, beginner. Um, and then just kind of like, I went to Harriman one day because I had joined these New Jersey, there's New Jersey hiking groups and like North Jersey, New York. And I wanted to, I was, so basically the story is I lost my job. I lost my job during COVID. And then I ended up having a panic attack because I'm like, my structure's gone. I thought everything that I was supposed to be in life was a vet tech. Like I, from age nine, I was like, I want to be a veterinarian. This is what I want to do. I love animals. And it turned out to not work for me. Um, and, lo- and losing my job, I got anxious, had a panic attack, um, ended up in therapy. And during COVID, everything is virtual. So I didn't really get any benefit from that. So for some reason, I just thought about hiking because a few months earlier, I had gone out to Harriman. I don't know why. I don't know what propelled me to go out to Harriman, but I went out to Harriman um, with the next partner. And we were, I just, there was a house on the side of the road, like a little barn house. And we like jolted over. I was like, oh, I'm going to go. Let's go on this little hike. No water, no backpack, nothing. Just like, stupid honestly just going out there thinking you know and we're walking and there's this older guy and he's like hi ladies you know behind me is the Appalachian Trail it runs from Georgia to Maine about 2,000 something miles and you know he's just talking to us he's like I hope you guys find nice husbands not realizing you know we're lesbians so that was funny (laughs) and we're just like chuckling and like as we're chuckling I'm just like there's a trail that runs from Georgia to Maine like, is that possible? Like, I had never heard even that it, you know, ran through my state of New Jersey. So I was like fascinated. And I went home. And like, after losing my job, something just kind of rang. Like, it was like, I'm sitting there. And I'm like, Oh, God, I'm anxious. What am I going to do with my life? This is what I was supposed to do. And then it's like, bing, like out of nowhere, like getting struck by lightning. And I'm like, the Appalachian Trail. And so I go and I go on YouTube and start YouTube, like, just diving in they say the at bug like you catch the at bug and just did a bunch of research um wanted to learn if there were other people who have who had done this um so i ended up on facebook joined a bunch of appalachian trail groups um there's a women's group there's class of 21 group and then there's like the general appalachian trail group which has like ninety thousand, like a lot of people Mm -hmm. um so i went in there and i was just reading things seeing what it was about and i was like i think i want to do this but I was scared um, because Ahmad Aubrey was jogging in Georgia and he was shot by the two white men, yeah. um, you know, that this just went to trial and everything. So that scared me as a black woman because I'm like, OK, well, if I go down there, like, is someone going to kill me for literally doing nothing just for living, breathing, being myself? And so I asked in the group, I was like, you know, I want to do the Appalachian Trail and like asking about my safety in the South as a black woman. and I just turned really nasty. Like people were like, keep politics out of the group. You know, the trees don't see color. Someone messaged me like the root cause of racism is poverty and you don't have a dad. Like just all this nasty, like bizarre. I mean, like just hate. And I ended up like really upset about it because I'm like, I don't know these people. I literally just asked the question. And it ended up getting bad and I ended up writing about it. And I think someone in the group like emailed the Appalachian Trail Conservancy um, because they emailed me 
And I was like talking to the vice president there. And I was like, listen, I wrote this piece because I was so upset. And I was like, well, this is social media. What am I supposed to do? Who am I? I can't write to Mark Zuckerberg. Like he's not going to do anything, you know? (laughs) So I'm like just writing, pounding out on the keyboard, like just like crying, sobbing. And I was like, do you want to read my piece? And I sent it to him and um, he called me and he's just crying, you know, like, you know, I can relate to this and just saying there's, you know, we, we have gotten all the incidents of racism. We have seen like the swastikas and like people, you know, just nasty tagging in the hostels and they, they get all these reports. So from there on, they were like, you know, we want to sponsor you. And that's kind of how the ball got rolling because I didn't know how I was going to do this. I'm like, I lost my job have no money. Gear's like $3,000 is what I researched, you know, to hike is like 7,000. So like just getting that sponsorship and that article going viral, getting published by the Trek and um, the Appalachian Trail Conservancy just set off like a domino effect. And it led to like schools reaching out to me and companies reaching out to me and Garage Run Gear wanted me to write for them, et cetera. And I just blew up from there and I'm like, whoa, okay, I'm doing this. And it just like became this tiny seed and then just started sprouting up into this tree. And now it's like part of the tree is like the triple crown now. I just got obsessed. (laughs) Yeah. So like, how did that rabbit hole go then? Like, so you you got inspired to do the Appalachian Trail and then were you on trail when you kind of started imagining, oh, hang on a second, there's two others. Or did, was this before you even stepped foot on the trail? So this was before I stepped on trail. This is after the article went viral. I started researching, you know, black people. Cause I'm like, are there black people that do this? Cause growing up, it's like, I heard, you know, hiking, you know, skiing, anything is for white people. It's not black people don't do this. You know, we don't go outside. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to research. So I did some research about black hikers found the black Galatian found Akuna, found Derek Lugo. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, there's all these men. Are there any women? Cause you know, I'm a woman. So I'm like any black woman hike the Appalachian trail. And I saw another name come up and then I saw Chardonnay and I was like, oh, and I'm like reading about her. Cause she's the first black person period ever to triple crown. And so I started reading about her and the triple crown. I was like, what is the triple crown? So then I go and like, oh, the continental divide, the Pacific Crest Trail. And I'm not going to lie. So the CDT and it scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh, hell no. I was like, I'm not doing this. Grizzlies, mountain lions, like, you know, oh my. Um, So it's just like digging into the hole and just like wanting to learn about like if there were people like me who were doing it. And that just like, okay, there's one black woman. And I was like, why is that? And then I'm like, okay, history, you know, lynching, all the, you know, Jim Crow and like how this all goes back to segregation and slavery, why we're not in the lands. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, I'm going to take this on, Um, you know, and I don't know exactly why. I just feel like, in a way, Moana. I don't know if you've seen Moana, but like how she's like called, called to like, you know, go out and find, you know, herself and everything. And I was like, yes, I was like, the blazes are calling me. I don't know why, but I'm just going to listen to what my gut is telling me, which is go. And so I went. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like it, 
I guess once once you started, you couldn't stop. Like or you know, once you pop, you can't stop. Um, with these types of things, it's it is addictive. It's so addictive. Like once you get into it, and you know that you're you have a chance of doing it, or even a chance of starting it. And then someone coming behind you, like the actual Appalachian Trail Conservancy coming behind you and saying, we're going to support you when you go and do this as well. You're just like, OK, cool. I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to take it on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was just remarkable. <laughs> and, and so what was life on trail like then? So what was your your actual experience out on trail? So life was solitary because I started in February 22nd I wanted to start in the winter because in winter you can do everything that's my that's my saying um also just wanted to be out of the bubble um so in the beginning I was kind of lonely I was also like one of the only women like I didn't see many women so I'm like a solo woman out there literally surrounded by men (laughs) um which was interesting. I would just like, you know, walk through trail and like, I'm dragon sky. And I'd be like, don't mess with me. I'd be like, I'm nice and stuff, but I will kick your ass. Like I would just let myself be known. And so everyone kind of started respecting me in the beginning and everything and just respect throughout. Um, I ended up like, as soon as I touched Springer mountain, I realized that people knew who I was too. So it would, it changed my journey a little bit because like I was touching you know, the plaque. And then somebody's like, Dragon Sky. And I was like, who are these people? Why are they calling me? <laughs> you know, and they're like, we follow you on Instagram. And I was like, okay. And this happened the first day. And I was like, oh, this is going to be my experience. Like, people are going to like, people did gravitate to me a lot because of who I was. Like, in towns, people come out of Dunkin' Donuts. Like, oh my God, you're Dragon Sky. And I'm like, okay. But it did like, it did draw people to me. So I was able to make friends because people were like, you're Dragon Sky. I heard about you. Like, you know, I've read your stuff. Um, So I meet people here and there and walk with them, hike with them. Um, But I never really had a tramley. Honestly, I did all the trail except 300 miles by myself um, because I'm slow and I wanted to make my experience like because the AT is unlike the CDT where you need to rush through, like you need to do 24 miles a day because you have the snow and all these things. But in the Appalachian Trail, I left early to get myself the full year to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took every day in stride. Like I always sat down by if I found a nice tent site. If even if it was two miles of my day, I would sit up shop and hang out and you know, do my routine. It was, it took a while to get into the routine of setting your tent up every day, breaking it down. Like it would take me hours in the morning. And I knew like I did shakedowns. Like I practiced before I came out, but like I would wake up and I'm like, where's everybody at? Like it's 10 o'clock. I would wake up and I'm like, it took me an hour to break down my tent. And so like getting into routine took some time, but once I got it, it was good. And I just looked forward to, you know, honestly getting in my tent every night to be completely honest when you're exhausted, but it was fun. I think the AT was, huh, it wasn't what I expected, honestly, um, because everywhere you go in the mountains, you see houses, you see roads. You're not very removed from the matrix. Um, so that was disappointing for me, but I did enjoy like going through the national forest, seeing the States, you know, each state is different. Each biodiversity especially in the Smokies just seeing the terrain 
learning people's stories along the way um, was very powerful for me. Um, it was like, honestly, it was good, would never do it again, simply because some places I wasn't welcome. As a black woman, um, okay. I felt very uncomfortable. Like Tennessee was very uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had to, I had to go around a section because there was like this one part where there's like a Confederate flag at this hostel, you know, and I'm like hiding in the woods, coldest day on trail. And this truck's just driving back and forth. And I'm like, what the hell? Cause I'm like, yeah. And you know, my friends, they actually like, she ended up having to hide her kids there too. Um, Cause she has black children and they were hiking and I'm like, this is not fair. I just wanted to, and I wanted to go to the hostel cause I was freezing. I was shivering and everything. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't go now because I'm not welcome. And the comments on gut hooks far out were like, you know, owner uses N word frequently and stuff. So there's like places where I felt like I wasn't welcome, which kind of made my experience not as pleasant as I would have liked it. Um, because I, especially going into towns, me having allergies and being plant-based, I would send boxes to like at least 45 boxes down the trail. And that means I have to go into town frequently. And that was like the scariest part for me on trail was like going into town, people staring at me, even yes, New England, especially too, because people don't think of, you know, Vermont or New Hampshire as racist, but these states are 98% white. Mm. So it's like just going into towns freaked me out having to like, some people would know who I was on trail and they're like, oh, what do you write about? And then I would tell them and like, some people would treat me differently. Like they were like, that's not, you're a liar. Like I've had people point at my face on trail. So I've had like good experiences where usually when I'm solitary and I'm hiking and that's why also I stayed alone a lot because of the experiences I've had, Mm. I developed social anxiety and just, it's like, I want to make this my own journey. I just want to do what I want to do. I started stealth camping and it, ended up like towards the end I was happier because there was less people on trail you know and it was more like I don't have to worry about stuff so much or like me going out or people asking me bizarre questions um but I did like the challenge of the mountains right (laughs) well it's 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 yeah it's so sad to hear that like the the best times but so by what you've just said there the best times that you've had were like mainly the the solo times when you buy by yourself um which is like everybody loves time in the mountains every well not everybody but like i would say one of the, some of the best times that i've ever experienced have been in the mountains by myself just having those little moments of in time but like normally this the story we hear is that that it's the people that you meet on the trail. I'm sure you know you're not saying that it was everybody. Like obviously, there's, oh, yeah, there's, no. there's amazing people that you would have met out on on a trail like this. Um, but it, that there has been these nasty elements to it as well. It's just it's a story we don't hear, and it's because it's it's uh, it's all predominantly white people and predominantly white men that are, are, are hiking these trails that you'll hear that from. Um, so it's yeah, it's 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 upsetting to hear that. Um, yeah and it's it's it is sad because like i have i had good friends like i had a tramp like i did have a family for 300 miles and mm. you know one of my family members is indian and my other family member is non-binary so like 
you know, we would we would stick together. And my tri- my family member, um, you know, they because they're non-binary and white, they would you know they would be around with me and washer, and they'd be like, you know, I've noticed how people don't talk to you guys. They only would look at pocket snacks when they're talking. Or like me and Washer are in Bennington, Vermont, and this guy's like the Taliban's on the move, points at Washer. And I'm like, I'm with my tramley. And I'm like, these are things that, you know, being having a tramley at that point was really supportive. You know, like having two people and also having hiking with the three Ks and Chai and Mocha. Those were like my people. Like, you know, and those are the people and Wills, those are the people that really were supportive you know mm. during those times like and because i've had incidents where i've cried and you know who was there washer and pocket snacks and my dragonflies like all the dragonflies i have on instagram that's what i call my fans i don't like the word fans and like sounds very blah and impersonal so i'm yeah. dragon status so i have my dragonflies and like those the people the dragonflies that helped along the way they really they restored my faith um, you know, that was the best trail magic, you know, like I had a dragonfly in New Hampshire who came and brought me up to from Concord. It was it Concord. No, not Concord. Uh, what's that place? Is it Hanover? What is it? Uh, I can't think of it. But they drove me from New Hampshire up to Maine to flip. And that's like an eight hour drive. And they didn't ask for anything. I was like, do you want gas or anything? And I'm like, no, I just want to help. I want to support your journey. And I've had dragonflies drop off like grapes, sodas, like in Connecticut, drive me to a hotel because that's like not accessible by trail. I've had dragonflies in Tennessee, um, you know, hike with me, you know, because my dragonfly there, she's like, I knew you would have a hard time as a black woman or my faith. And people at hostels that I've met at some hostels where I've had issues, you know, I had an issue in Perrysburg at a hostel and where I was being ganged up on by two hikers about the civil war. I don't know why I was minding my business, you know, and the hostel owner kicked them out, you know, and she was like, I grew up in Savannah. Like I support you. And it's just like little things like that, that even in my darkest times, like I still felt supported and I never wanted to quit the AT you know, because I'm like, they're still good people. I would say 90% of the people I met hmm. were freaking awesome. You know, like these are people who I've, you know, partied with on trail. We've shared rooms, you know, we've talked about our like gross stories or whatever. And that those are the stories and the memories that, you know, I really want to hold on to. But also in retrospect, I have to speak the truth about, you know, what it was like for me mm. not being able to, yes, I can hide my sexual orientation. Like I can hide that I'm a lesbian and I didn't cause I wore my tutu. <laughs> like I wore my tutu for June, you know, <laughs> but like hiding my blackness is something that I can't do. And some hikers would be like, well, why do you have to bring that up? I remember one hiker said that to my dragonfly. Cause she was like, well, she was going to be the second black woman in triple crown. And he was like, why does that like, well, race shouldn't matter. And she looked at him and she's like, well, it does matter because representing, you know, so it's like having that support. And honestly, it it was a learning experience. And I'm glad that I have like have walked the AT, hiked the AT in my body and my flesh. So therefore I'm able to help other black hikers who have had questions for me, like what hostels are safe for me, et exactly. cetera, et cetera. 
and 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 it's and then it's and now it's it's kind of the the torch is over to you now as well in in a way that like you're it's representation you know and it's a, this, a discussion that we had on this podcast not too long ago about representation of BIPOC uh, people in the outdoors and mm-hmm. and now you can uh, do that as well you can be that that representation to other black women or uh, you know LGBTQ you know, women mm-hmm. or black people in, in, in general um, to, to go out and do these adventures because like in, there just needs to be more representation and kudos to, mm-hmm. to Appalachian Trail Conservancy for supporting that as well and everybody else that has supported you along that way because they have all helped you get to the end of that trail or you're just even do it in, in, yeah. in the first place and now you can, you can be that beacon to someone else coming to you and go, hey, Dragon Sky, can you help me? You know, where what hostel should I go to? What should I do? You know, like you can you can be that that help now as well, which is such an amazing and powerful thing. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, like I never thought if you asked me this like last year, two years ago, if I would be where I am right now, I would laugh. I would be on the floor, like rolling on the floor, because I never thought like I had the power to inspire or I had the power to create change and I am. And that means much more to me than being a vet tech or a social worker, you know, all these hats I've worn in my life. It's powerful to show up in these spaces and to physically, you know, not just talk, but physically walk these trails. Mm. Because I'm like, so many people are in my inbox and they're like black women and they're like, I'm doing AT this year. And that just brings me so nice. much happiness because we have to get more people of color on the trails. Absolutely. You know, that's, and, that's, and it's so free. That's it's beautiful. so freeing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so now you're, you're continuing with your plan to, to, to do the triple crown and the next hike or the next trail is the CDT. So what's, how's that going down? uh (laughs) the cdp is the trial i'm most scared of um which is why i'm actually taking it on um because i am a like if i have fears i'm like let's do it let's go so preparing for this trail has been rough because i literally just got off the 18 november 17th so i haven't been off trail that long Mm. to adjust and i'm like i have a book that i'm writing and stuff and i'm like CDT planning. And so I've been on CDT groups on Facebook, which is much pleasant. I've been in touch with the CDT coalition too. Um, you know, just trying to talk about stuff going for partnerships and stuff and learning about the trail. I've been studying the States it goes through the terrain, the weather, uh, the gear, but it and I'm pretty much want to take the same gear that I use on AT minus plus minus the ice axe snowshoes. Um, I think the biggest challenge, honestly, for the CDT is like, okay, predators. I don't know. <laughs> it's not the same wands. It's not the water carries. Just the water freaks me out because you're like, okay, we're drinking out of cowbells, like yeah. poop water you know, dead animals. I've seen this on YouTube and it's true, you know. Um, It's just more of like, I don't want to be alone for this hike. I made it like the AT was for me and I'm glad it was. But the CDT, I want it to be more. Also, there's like 400 people, 500 people hiking this trail this year. You know, it's not very much. So I kind of, I want to form friends. I want to 
experience the wilderness and have someone to share with, especially through Glacier and Montana, where we're grizzlies. But I actually still want to see grizzlies. I just want to get it over with. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I do love wildlife. So I'm like, I'm excited to see wildlife, but I'm terrified because they're not black bears. Um, but I'm only in the beginning stages of it. So there's still much more that I'm going to dive into. And probably March will be where I'm like really diving into the planning of it. Mm-hmm. Because on the Appalachian Trail, again, I did food boxes. And on the CDT, it's you're doing like heavy carries. Yeah. So it's like preparing for how do I have enough food? Because in the 100 mile wilderness, I ran out of food, even thinking that I had 10 days of food. And you really don't. Under like 10 days of food is much more than you think, you know, at least for me, because I'm, I eat every 20 minutes on trial. I'm like food motivates me up mountains, every blaze. Uh, so it's just like, uh, it's a little scary right now. And it's, it's beginner infant stages. So I'll probably have more information on it in March when I'm like stressing out, staying up until <laughs> the morning with the coffee. Like, oh my God, where, where do I send this at? Because I can't miss boxes on the AT, I miss boxes. But you have an advantage oh, because wow. again, you have towns. You have yeah. like, if I miss food, guess what? I can go resupply. It may not always be the cheapest option, but on the CDT, you don't miss boxes. Mm. No, you don't. Because your town, your road walks, I heard are like intense. Yeah. And so what's the the biggest thing you're going to learn apart from not missing boxes, but what's the biggest thing you're going to take learning for you're going to take from the AT over to the CDT. I know they're very different trails, but Mm. is there a big lesson you've got from the AT you're going to bring over? Um, I think the lesson I want to bring over honestly is not to be so hard on myself because, um, I was beating myself up every day because I'm like, I can't keep up with people. You know, that's why I didn't have a tramley. And I was like, I don't deserve a tramley. And like, I also have depression. So I'm like battling my brain and just being like, why, why aren't you, you should be running up the mountains. You should have your trail legs, like demanding myself. Like, you know, other people, I'm like, well, they can go up mountains real fast. They can do this and that. And Mm. it's just learning to be kind with myself and not compare myself to others and realize that this is truly my hike. I guess it would be to hike my own hike truly and not to be worried about other people or catching up to other people or feeling inadequate, you know, and unworthy because I may hike slower, which means I may have to wake up earlier for the CDT. That's something I have to do, especially in monsoon season in Colorado, you don't want to get stuck in lightning. Um, but I have to be kind. I have to be kind. This isn't like, it's not a race, you know, it's not a race at all. It's a journey. It's an odyssey. And it is only up to me to put pressure on me. I love that word. I love odyssey. uh, I actually came, I was going to mention someone else there a second ago and you uh, you gave me the right cue. Um, There's a, a guy I had on the podcast. He's from New Zealand. I don't know. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan by any chance? I've never seen. <laughs> oh, oh my God! You need to watch. But he's uh, he's actually one of the actors in Lord of the Rings, uh, and he's also a, he's a through hiker from New Zealand, 
His name is oh, Bruce wow. Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, like, and I'm a diehard Lord of the Rings fan. So you can, you can tell how excited I was the whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but he, uh, yeah, he through hiked the Te Aroa in New Zealand. So obviously top to bottom of New Zealand. And he, uh, yeah, but he's, he's like in his sixties, he's like 64 or something like that. I think he was 64 when he started, Wow! but it took him 10 months to do it. And like, it's shorter than the CDT. It's shorter than the AT. I think not by much, but it is shorter. Now it is Mm -hmm. a lot more wild. There's like parts of the trail that are not really fully figured out yet. You have to use a canoe, a parts of the trail. That's just a, yeah, it's a, it's a real kind of like expeditions type uh, adventure. You know, Uh, I would say like, I'd say uh, parts of the CDT probably would mimic the the Te Aroa in in the the fact that you kind of have to use a little bit of navigation skills to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, but sorry, the, the, when you said Odyssey, Odyssey is, is the word that he used when he talked about doing these long distance adventures and these long distance hikes. And I think it really sums up what these trips are like. They're not a challenge. Some people there, absolutely. Some mm-hmm. people they are there. They're like, oh, I want to triple crown in a year. Or I want to, I want to get the, the the FKT on the on the AT. All these abbreviations that they want to get, mm-hmm. but for most people it's an odyssey it's like i'm embarking on this journey and it's going to take for as long as it's going to take that's it mm-hmm. um but i think you summed it up really nicely there when you said that thanks yeah that's how i mean i that's how i feel about it it's it was a journey of finding myself you know and learning i learned how strong i was i'm like you know living with anxiety depression adhd it's like this is the first time in my life where i'm like I have not my dog. I didn't take my dog and she's my anxiety dog. And I learned like how strong I was, how strong I am, Mm. you know, especially hiking with depression, because it's one thing, like I'm writing article. It's one thing to carry your backpack, you know, 2,193 miles. It's another thing to carry your backpack and your brain and have to fight with yourself. And so for me to have the coping skills, to get through a trail, even on my hard days and knowing like, okay, I can take a zero today because I'm exhausted from my anxiety or whatever. And just giving myself permission to do that. I have learned so much, especially as a solo woman. Like I have learned who I am. I'm like, I know who I am now. I know I'm confident. I can hold, I can stand on my own two feet. I can make good concrete decisions just like Ajiokachuk, Mount Washington, you know, you have to be able to think, you know, and it's, I have been my own voice of reason and have depended on myself. And I have learned all of this through hiking. Um, you know, what it means to be me, what it means to, you know, be strong out there and other women, you know, looking up to me because they're like, how are you solo? How do you camp alone? Mm. And I'm like, well, if you act like prey, you are prey. So I'm like, this is my forest. You know, I walk around with my head up. I look at everyone in the eyes. I say, like, I speak to everybody I pass. I want you to know that I see you. You know, and that's empowering as a woman. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, like, all these things I didn't know about myself. And I just turned 30. So, like, turning 30 on trial and, like, that age of, like, learning who you are and the AT lining up with that. 
has made it an odyssey and it's always been for me smiles over miles as they say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a moment where you, where you actually turned 30 you were like oh wait now i get it now i get it i figured it all out i am i am who i am and this is an odyssey uh 30 was hard because i actually cried on trail Oh, I was no. crying. I was in Maine. I was like, I'm, I was supposed to be off the trail by now. It's October 19th. And I wanted to summon on my birthday, but Katahdin closing October 22nd. Very tight window. Did not want to mess with it. So I was like sobbing. I was like, I'm 30. I don't have any friends out here. I'm like, it's quiet. That's the day I lost my Garmin. I, oh. I had to ford like two rivers that day. And I had to ford this river twice. And my shoe caught on fire. Like It was such a bad day. Sorry. Your shoe caught on fire? <laughs> yeah, so my, my there was like a few other through hikers and I had left my shoe by the fire and I was like, you know, basically they're supposed to watch it because I am going back to find my Garmin. So I went back through this literally like ankle and I came back, oh no, not the Hocus. I just got those. So I was just like sobbing. I was a mess on my birthday. I was calling my partner and I was like, is this what it's like to be in your 30s? They said it gets better <laughs> and you figure everything out. I'm like my shoe's broken, my garment's gone. I'm like, my garment's gone and I'm in Maine and I'm going to be in Maine alone with no gar. I mean, I was freaking out. So I was just like, not about it. <laughs> I was not about it. But apparently, you know, I spoke to a friend yesterday and she's like, your 30s suck. They're going to suck. Our late 20s, early 30s are going to suck. It doesn't get better to your late 30s. So now that I know that I am much more patient with myself, I'm not like, brain, you need to hurry up and figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm just about to turn 35 myself. So I'm glad to hear that, that it's, it's I'm about to go around a corner. Hopefully I'll figure things out. Um, but did, did it get uh, did it get any easier? So like you were saying that you, you had to like battle like carry your bag but also carry your emotions carry your anxiety carry your depression through the the whole hike did it get any easier like as you went through or it was it just every day it was a different type of challenge um i would say okay the beginning just having the sudden change from matrix to trail mm. it, that triggered me i was like oh my god change oh my god panic attack and then like after big butt bypass because i wrote about that being like the most horrible like moment with my depression on trail where I'm like literally fighting with my depression which is trying to kill me you know and then it was like after that I would say I got to the road highlands my favorite 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 section on trail and it was in that moment I was like I'm free I'm free I'm out here you know this is going to be hard it's going to be hard because I have these challenges yes and I realized, you know, I still can have good days. Every day is not going to be, even if my brain is telling me it hates me, whatever, I hate myself, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I still, there were times I would scream off of mountains and I would just be like, I love myself. I would literally scream the opposite of what my brain was saying. And so some days it was easy. Some days it was hard. I would say more towards the end of my hike when there's less people, like I was like not seeing anyone that's when I started getting in my head a lot more um, in Maine with the snowstorms where I'm just like, Oh God, I'm alone. You know, what if no one knows I'm like, I would just start getting free. I would start freaking out and just started getting sad because I felt lonely and stuff. So it was harder to motivate myself each day. And then I would like, you know, 
randomly go on Instagram and there'd be messages like, you know, one yeah. Akuna, he, he messaged me and he's like, I know you're at the end of your hike, you know, keep going, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, oh, and it was such a bad day for me. And it was like little things like that help me a lot. Just little messages. So yeah, it is challenge. Even though it's good, it is challenging. I can't say that I haven't had a day on an AT where I haven't battled with my depression or anxiety. There's different levels of it, but I think, you know, with nature, I was able to manage, you know, yeah. things more. Yeah, like the, the distraction of, as you call it, the matrix isn't there to 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 pull you back. Uh, you know, suffering with anxiety or depression when you have a life or, you know, quote unquote, a real life, you've got like a job or you've got like even just people, civilization going on around you is is um just another layer of something that's distracting you from 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 what you need to solve which is what's going on in your head what how you're feeling whereas when you're in nature you don't have that distraction you have to kind of face it and 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 really kind of face it head on which i think is over time it gives you a bit more resilience like you you're able to to and speaking from my own experience, but like when you're out in the wild for a long period of time and you're on your own, you kind of have to face up to those demons. And uh, and the more you do it, the more you're exposed to that. It's not necessarily that it's easier, but you have you've equipped yourself a lot more. You're you're you've had those discussions before. You've had those arguments in your head. You've screamed off that mountain before. So you you can it comes back. I suppose mm-hmm. a little a little bit quicker than I would have at the start of the trail. Yeah, I definitely believe that because I'm not saying that it's like a all end all be all. Cause I do. I mean, every day on trail, I take my meds, you know, I do, yeah. you know, stay in treatment, <laughs> like not being plugged in, just being unplugged. And, you know, the only thing that I had was music, you know, if it wasn't the music of the forest, I had the music in my ears because sometimes my coping mechanisms are actually music. It's to actually stop because I can't be in my head sometimes. And that helped me get through a lot of mountains was like, okay, we're going to listen to some really good uplifting music. Like when you're, when you're getting pummeled down in the mountains, the AT is also just, it beats you down. You know, it's like, I have the music and I have the music of the wind and the river, the lullaby of the river and just the birds chirping and the porcupines fighting in the trees, you know, (laughs) what's your, what's, what would be your, your, your pre or during mountain climb uh, song of choice? Oh man. Oh gosh. Like you're just about to, you're just about to summit a, Summon a mountain. You still got your bag in your back. You've had your you've had your peanut butter, or you've had your uh, your your pre mountain game snack. What's the what's the song you go to? Um, honestly, sometimes I would say most of the time, "Top of the World" by Imagine Dragons. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> my friend yeah. Darren would be delighted to hear that. He's a huge Imagine Dragons fan. I love them. Yeah. It's just so like fit- I'm on and top so fitting for a dragon sky as well. Yeah, it is. It's just got a good B and it's like, well, I'm paying my dues to the dirt, you know, <laughs> and I'm just like walking on the ridge and I'm like, 
happy and I'm dancing with my poles. Like, you know, people who've hiked <laughs> behind me, they're like, you're so cute. Cause I'm like, I'll swing around with my poles. I'll turn around, wave them. Like I'm a happy climber. And that's, that's how I get up mountains. I'm like, I have the tire, let's go and feed myself a nice lemon dipped almond, every blaze, like Ooh. a puppy. And that's how we do it. <laughs> wow. Okay. You're going to have to get some trail snack tips for me after this as well. Um, normally on, on the podcast, we, we ask what, the, what you would have learned about yourself and I think we spent the last like 10-15 minutes kind of talking about that like what have you learned mm-hmm. about yourself but maybe you can answer this that what have you learned about where you're from that you oh. wouldn't have known before you got into hiking and that could be from your um, town it could be but it could be from the country um what I've learned I mean I did learn about the country I mean, I mean, you certainly would have a pretty u- unique perspective compared to most people that hike the the Appalachian Trail. I think that I've learned what I didn't know before I got on trail is what life was about. Like, life is literally about living. It's not about being tied down to capitalism. It's not about you know, doing something that you don't want to do, because I spent so much of my life, I mean, this is culture, like, you grow up, you're supposed to work nine to five, get a house, blah, blah, and before I hiked, I had this dream of, like, I want a big house, I want all these things, and honestly, I don't, I want to live off the grid, I want to minimize my footprint, I want to be free, And that is the biggest thing that I've learned is freedom. I have never felt free, especially in this country. Um, But like being on the Rhone Highlands and being on Franconia Ridge, New Hampshire, where you're constantly above treeline and just seeing sea of mountains, like, and you're just like tectonic plates just smashing into each other, making all these mountains. You know, I'm a science person. So it's like, this is what life's about. Life is about creating memories, seeing things, spending time unplugged with people around fires, learning about their lives, not texting, you know. Now I've shed that layer. I'm like, I feel like a dragonfly. Like, you know, they spend two years in the water in their nymph stage, you know, feeding off of tadpoles and such. And finally, a change happens, metamorphosis happens, where they get their wings and they emerge from the water and their beautiful colors and they're able to fly freely. And that's how I feel. Like I've been in underwater, I've been submerged for so long, you know, just gasping for air, wanting to get to the light. And now that, and now I finally have gotten my wings and I'm flying and I'm seeing the light like a dragonfly. I can roam anywhere. I can spread my wings and the world is mine to explore. And that is something I've learned, you know, coming from living and growing up in three places in New Jersey, but mostly, you know, my childhood being in North New Jersey, which is a city, the hood, and just like being contained by walls. Mm. And I can't be contained by walls. Doesn't sound Ever. like you can. Doesn't sound like you can no. at all. Um, that's beautiful. And, is is so 
one of the questions I was going to ask is, is where, where does Dragon Sky come from? Where, where did that name come from? Yes, Dragon Sky. I named myself actually more, more specifically the Dragonfly named me. And this happened before trail. Um, back at, I did the Suffern Bear Mountain Trail. So this is back at Harriman around that area. And it was one of my first hikes with a stranger uh, that I met. Don't do this. Um, you know, off a hiking <laughs> group. Uh, it's good to them. Like I learned from my lessons and, you know, I didn't know much about him. We had went hiking once and he was kind of annoying then. Cause he was like, you know, give up on your bear bag, blah, blah, blah. And then there was a bear. I'm like, that's why you don't give up on your bear bag. Trying to tell me things, you know? So we would hike and he's like, you know, we're doing this trail. And he's like, oh, has me leading. And he's like, we're never going to make it to camp in time. Just like, huh? like passive aggressive sighing you know but you want me to lead he's taller he's that longer legs and bigger strides so he's complaining the whole time and i'm like freaking out because i have panic attacks so i had a panic attack because i'm like i'm not moving fast enough oh my god they're gonna be mad you know i fell into this boulder and my leg swells up and i'm crying and he's like you know i don't have time for your feelings like you need to go call somebody go figure out your feelings but i don't have time for this and I'm like sobbing at this point, calling my friend, one of my best friends. And I'm like, you know, Greg, like I'm out here by myself and I feel so alone right now. Like, I don't know how to leave because it's one of my first hikes. So I don't know how to turn back or, you know, be on my own, especially if it's getting dark. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So, you know, he's trying to console me. I get off the phone with him. I go, there's another boulder. I start to climb up to sit on it. I fall down a foot on my butt. Now I'm just pissed. So I threw my trekking poles. I got back on the rock and I'm just sobbing. And all of a sudden I felt something on my head. And I'm like, what's this? What's this big thing? Huge insect or something, a leaf, something. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then I hear the buzzing of the wings. And then I look at my foot and there's an orange dragonfly just wow. perched up on my foot. I mean, for like two minutes and I'm just like, dragonflies are my spirit animals. So I'm like sobbing and I immediately, I'm like, whoa. And I'm like smiling and I'm like, this is wild, you know, like this dragonfly is sitting with me, not moving, just perfectly still, like flexing its wings in the sun, basking in it. And I'm like crying. And then it's like, when I stopped crying, that's when the dragonfly flew away and the sky was gray and it just cracked open to blue sky and i just looked up and i'm like dragon sky that's my name that's so awesome oh just that moment of like it this is it this is my name and what a perfect name as well it just it really it, it, you really fit the name Thank like you. in every, every way um Shalita, Dragon Sky, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Really, really enjoyed listening to your story. I can't wait to follow you when you're doing the CDT, uh, the PCT. Like, have you earmarked, like, roughly when you're going to do that, 2023, 2024? Uh, PCT. It's just literally year after year. So CDT this year, 2023, is PCT. Nice, nice. Well, hopefully... Um, the PCT will will get you your 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 permit and everything like that, so you can just get out, get on, and get it done in the time frame you want to get it done in. But it's been an absolute absolute pleasure. Can't wait to follow you along your journey. Um, Shalita, Dragon Sky, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Ian. <laughs>
Yeah, you're probably wondering why I left in the part where she called me Ian. Um, I just think it's funny. I think it's funny. Um, Shalita, my name is Owen, if you're listening to this. But it was a pleasure having you on the show. And yeah, it it happens all the time. I'm called Ian. I'm called Ian by my own mother sometimes. So don't worry about it. I do not take offense. That's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back again next week with another interview on the Hiker Podcast. Until then, happy trails.